Hello and welcome to episode 100 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're a source for drunken Magic the Gathering arena content. That's right. We're basically just two regular dudes drinking some irregular beer and talking about Magic the Gathering, in particular, the online client MTG Arena. And tonight, we have the most irregular beer we have ever drank on the podcast. It is very special. Um, Jeff, what's on tap? All right. This, uh, you know, this evening we have a award-winning... Mm. Thieves Guild Impira Mill Stout. Uh, this is brewed by the uh, regular Brewing Co. Uh, the style, of course, is an Imperium Mill Stout, uh, classic style. Mm-hmm. Uh, its percentage ABV is uh, unknown, and uh, there's no art for it. Uh, you know, I thought about doing some art, but uh, in the end. It's, art, it's artless. Yeah, it's artless. Uh, maybe we'll get one at some point. The joke is, of course, this is our beer. We made this for the 100th episode. So we thought that we'd have to rate a beer that we made together. Now, we haven't tasted it yet. We don't know what it tastes like. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, is it time? Should we drink Thieves Guild in Pyramid Stout? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's give it a taste and then get to some magic news. All right. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, well, you'll, we're going to drink a lot of this tonight. Um, yeah. We'll find out what the ABV is, possibly. I don't know. Right, yeah, that's, that's how I always figure out the ABV of my beers is like, just have a night where you have a few of them and mm-hmm. you're like, ooh, yeah, that, that was a strong one. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> more than the your average beer. All right. Okay. Um well, Jeff, let's talk a little bit about the beer before we get into some more regular magic things. Um, we, uh, we, we came up with the idea, uh, I don't know, a few months ago that we wanted to do something really special for this episode, and we wanted to be able to make a beer that was also uh, one of our favorite decks. And since the beginning of the podcast, if you remember, if you've been here, we are a huge fan of the Demir Rogues Standard Deck. Uh, of oh, course, yeah. rogues care about milling, and Thieves Guild Enforcer is one of the main cards in rogues. <laughs> so Thieves Guild, Impira Mill Stout. I think you already understood, but I just yeah, wanted to spell it Impira Mill just rolls off the tongue. It's so too, easy so. to say. And <laughs> hilarious. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> um, so really, before we get into all the magic-y things, Jeff, I did. we, we should tell the story of, of making the beer. And specifically the part of the story I don't know yet because... Okay. <laughs> so uh, I'll start with the beginning and then you you bring us in at the end. So uh, we went to Jeff's house, Dan in Hamilton, to make the beer. He uh, made a recipe for us or found one online and, and we tweaked it a little bit with whatever we could find at our, his local b- beer brew shop. Yeah. Uh, brew time if anyone's in Hamilton. Uh, I love the, the guys over there. Yeah. It's it was, a really nice shop. It was very nice. And, uh, yeah, gathered our ingredients. It was nice and milled for us by the folks over at Brew Time. We uh, documented the whole thing on Instagram, so if you want to see it, you can. Mm -hmm. It was also freezing cold. Uh, Yeah, that was a cold day. (laughs) Yeah, it was a really cold day. We were out on his deck, and uh, he has, like, a propane stove that he had bought for this. Uh, Because this was the first time you had used that propane Mm -hmm. stove, right? Yeah, I, ju- I just bought it. Basically, like, I used to do it in my apartment on my stove. Now that I own the house, uh, 
I don't really want to like do that. Um, especially since the kitchen's quite small in my house. Mm -hmm. So you, I think you could do it, but like the whole house would smell like beer. Yeah. And my wife and son probably wouldn't appreciate that. So I wanted to figure out a way to do it outside. As you say, like, I mean, Hamilton doesn't get that cold, so I thought it would be fine. Uh, well, I mean, our listeners are probably like, what does not get that cold mean? Like, Hamilton rarely drops that far below zero degrees Celsius. Um, but that day, I think it was like minus 15, maybe? Something it was, like that. It was cold and very windy. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we did all the steps we needed to do. We added all the things. And at that point, I don't know how many hours it took, but we'd also had a few beers, of course. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> but then we have to let it cool down overnight and then Jeff would add the yeast in the morning time when it has cooled mm -hmm. to room temperature. Uh, that's when you don't either boil the yeast up or they don't eat all their food too quickly and make your beer taste weird. Like all my beers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And funny story, like about it just being outside in the cold, it was a really nice <laughs> process to do it outside. Mm -hmm. Um, cause you could just like there's a lot of dumping stuff out and, and whatever and having the big deck and like the garden hose right there was super handy. Mm -hmm. But my, my wife, Julius, she sends me a picture at some point <laughs> taken from our, we have a, a Google camera in our backyard and it's just like me and Zach and we look, we look really cold, <laughs> just like sitting on the, on the whatever patio furniture we have back there. <laughs> the patio furniture that uh, had been like snowed on and so we had to flip it so it wasn't like yeah. so wet <laughs> and we're just trying to... <laughs> just like as close to the fire as we could be. <laughs> because we had to be outside because the burner kept blowing out so like the flame was going out. Um, because yeah, we didn't wind. have it on full full blast either. When we That's figured out that it can go higher, it stopped blowing out. <laughs> it's like two hours of like watching a soccer game and going outside, and be like, ah, oh, damn it! Like it blew out again. Oh yeah, the World Cup was on. Yeah, <laughs> um, we gotta watch this thing. Like, let's just go out there and sit by. Yeah, but Jeff, <laughs> block the wind with our bodies. <laughs> tell us what else happened. There apparently it was a very oh, eventful fermentation. Well, actually, the fermentation was not eventful. So I pitched, <laughs> I pitched the yeast, and what you do is you aerate the wort. So I tend to just use a, a whisk, and I like really whisk the crap out of it to aerate it, and then you pitch the yeast into that. That kind of just gets it jump started, mm -hmm. gets gets you off to a good <laughs> fermentation start. The problem of what I ended up doing is I was like, oh, we have this cold storage room in the basement where you put like potatoes and stuff like that, um, pickles, whatever. And I was like, that's perfect to put all my beer stuff. That way it's like out of the way, you know, it's not blocking anything. Like Julia doesn't have to like trip over it as she's walking around the house. So I go and I put it down there and that was that. I let it sit there. But when I come back, it's just like, it definitely did not ferment enough. Like you could tell, honestly, just kind of looking at it. And I was like, what the hell happened? Like it just didn't ferment. And then I realized it's probably like, four four degrees celsius or something in that cold room oh yeah so it's like a walk-in fridge it's literally like a walk-in fridge and that really like slows the process especially for ale yeasts which is what we use mm -hmm. they don't want cold temperatures so i basically just like slowed down the whole process because the the whole process is like energy transferred it all slows down in the cold and ale yeast isn't really meant to do that now i looked it up and it's like you our ale yeast wouldn't be dead. So I could, as soon as I heat it up and get it started again, mm -hmm. 
it will, you know, keep fermenting. So that was, that was the good thing. The beer wasn't totally ruined. Uh, but I did have to, like, message Zach and be like, hey, we're going to need a few more days for this thing to ferment. It's going to take, like, a whole day for this to warm up to room temperature. And then it's got to take a few days to ferment. It's, like, behind my Christmas tree in the corner because I'm like, where can I put this that's out of the way? <laughs> oh, no. Just chilling behind my Christmas tree in the corner of the, the living room. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I, I think we, we dodged that. But anyways, in the end, when I took the reading, it was like 7 to 8% range was the original gravity. Um, I realized that I've been using a device that is not calibrated to make these readings, so they don't mean much. Mm-hmm. That's why we say the ABV is like question mark. We don't know. Yeah. But um, we shot for like 10% in the recipe, and we were definitely not totally efficient. So uh, I'm guessing it's you know strong, but... Maybe not 10. It feels strong. I just, just drink yeah. it right now. It feels pretty strong. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> so, but tell me the juice, Jeff. You know I'm waiting for the juice of the story. I know. I'm trying to get, trying to get there as slowly as possible. <laughs> Got to kind of build up to it. Yeah. Um, but anyways, the plan was to put this in a keg. Yes. Because that cuts down the amount of time. If you bottle it, you got to wait for it to yeast to naturally eat the sugar you add in. And that produces CO2, and because it's capped, it's bottled, that's what carbonates it. But that takes another, you know, two-ish weeks. So we decided we'll just put it in a keg, hook it up to my keg system, and pump CO2 into it. That'll take a day or two. So that was the plan. Now, the problem is my system is equipped to handle commercial kegs. They're called Sankey kegs. Now, I... You're not supposed to use these for home brewing. You're, they're not designed to be opened by humans. Like, they are supposed to be put into a machine. The machine, like, cleans it, and then you hook it up to a beer thing, a filler, and it fills it. Mm-hmm. And it's never really actually meant to be opened and closed by a human. Um, but I've developed a system where I can open and close this keg I got from the beer store. And hook it up to my kegerator. And that's worked fine. But recently I swapped it. Because I'd used one from Sleeman for years. And I was doing this. Always doing it this way. And I decided, you know what? I'll return the keg to the beer store finally. I will buy another keg. I decided on Ace Hill. Uh, When I drink that, then I'll have my keg to fill my homebrew with. For whatever reason, even though it looks exactly the same, it should be exactly the same. All these breweries like swap kegs around. I don't know. The Ace Hill one... It doesn't seem to really work mm-hmm. for whatever reason. But I was, okay, I'm, I'm going to keg our beer, and I've decided I, I use my system. So my system involves driving a flathead screwdriver between this ring that locks everything in place and the keg and popping the ring out. And then once you do that, you can, like, pull everything out and you can open it. Okay. But the ring is what is, like, it's like a little metal ring that locks everything in place. Anyways, I, I have a screwdriver that's perfect, okay? It fits right in the little mm-hmm. area of the keg, and you can just, like, jam it. I couldn't find that screwdriver. <laughs> so I grabbed a different one that was smaller. This thing was, like, a really small flathead. And I'm going to pop the ring out. And because it doesn't, it's not a perfect fit, it ends up slipping. And I actually jam the screwdriver through my finger. Like, it went in... 
I mean, I don't know if you could really see it. It's pretty healed now. It went in there uh, and it came out on top of my nail. Oh my god! And so I'm sitting with a screwdriver. <laughs> that's like I'm like just in shock because I'm like it went through my nail from the bottom. <laughs> like I can see it poking through my nail. And out of, like, gut reaction, I just rip it out. Oh, no. And so now I just have, like, my fingers bleeding everywhere. And I go up to the bedroom, and I'm like, you know, Julie, can you help me? I need some polysport and a Band-Aid. Um, <laughs> she gets out the first aid kit. She's, like, freaking out, wondering if I need to go to the hospital. It, it didn't end up being that bad because the screwdriver is really small. But so that's what made it so sharp, too. But it just went... Oh, my right God. Through. Oh, Oh. Yeah. So, anyways, we patch me up, and then we. <laughs> I'm able to fill this keg eventually. The system does work. I just I. By the way, the screwdriver was right where it was supposed to be. The one that I'm, su- I'm supposed to use. I don't. I don't know how I didn't see it. But <laughs> it's like literally, exactly where it was meant to be, and I hook it all up, and it's just not working. Uh, I guess my system broke the Ace Hill keg or something. It's not a tight seal anymore and so it doesn't hold the air so i actually can't even use this keg that i've now sacrificed my uh, flesh for (laughs) (laughs) this was kind of the last straw where i was like fuck it i'll buy the keg that you're supposed to use as a home brewer Uh, so i went to brew time and i got a setup for a corny keg um, which is short for cornelius it's basically what they use for soda so if you've ever used a soda keg in like a restaurant or something gotcha um that's where home brewers took these from because mm-hmm. the soda kegs, you just pop them open. Okay. So I bought that and I bought all the stuff to convert my kegerator to work with corny kegs. It was like $100 in the end and giving the keg back to the beer store will get me, or it was $90 and giving the keg back to the beer store will get me 50 bucks back. So it's like essentially $40. Okay. So I don't know why I spent years avoiding <laughs> making this purchase, but <laughs> now I have the proper keg and that's what the beer's in now. But the problem is <laughs> Cornelius kegs have an in and an out. So the Sankey keg for a brewery just has one thing. You put the, like the keg itself has only one entry point. Mm-hmm. And then you have a regulator that, or sorry, not a regulator, you have whatever, the attachment on your kegerator. That has gas in and beer out, but you just crank that thing onto the keg. A corny keg has two separate nozzles. It has a, one for a gas line and one for... A beer outline and I wanted to just quickly test to make sure it was sealed properly that it would hold and so I just connected the gas line and I cranked some gas into it some co2 now of course the other the beer outline is wide open there's mm-hmm. no, there's nothing on it and so it shoots across my basement and it just had, happened to be pointed right in line with uh, a rug that my wife bought and put down there. And it's where she and like goes and takes my son down there and folds laundry and stuff when she does laundry. And it's just a huge black scout stain right down the middle of this thing. It's splashed everywhere. Like literally right at this rug, all over it. It's all over the wall. Uh, I'm like panicking. Like, how do I make it stop? Can I turn off the gas, but it's still going. So I'm like depressurizing the keg. And then uh, eventually it, like, trickles off. But I'm just looking like, this this rug is beyond ruined. Like, there is no, you can scrub this stain out. The whole rug is now, is now stout stain. And it even, like, got our carpet that's below the rug down there, too. 
hoping we can get with a carpet cleaner. And then at the end of it all, I like knock over a wine glass and that shatters everywhere. I have to like vacuum that. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh my floor. God. But eventually we got it. It, it. it cost me one rug, one finger, one keg, and uh, one glass, one wine glass. But we did get the beer in the keg in, in the kegerator. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. I, so I went over to get the beer. And so I heard about the rug and I saw the stain. I I was just thinking it was like a fermenting thing that you like you took it out of the cold, brought oh, no, it in the warm, shot across the whole, the whole room. Oh man! And you know it was a really bonehead move. It's my fault <laughs> for that one for sure. But like, <laughs> no. I just couldn't believe it. Like right on the rug. So I might not be allowed to ever make beer again. I don't know. That sucks. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This was the, uh, the keg, like, usually kegging is not a significant uh, hurdle in the beer. That's what I thought. You just, you just clean the keg and then you pour the beer in the keg. That's all you do. But this was, uh, yeah, this took some time. It it took some sacrifice, Uh, but we got there. Well, Jeff, thanks for sacrificing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There you go. You know, maybe this should have been named something Rakdosak because you're sacrificing so many things. That's right. Yes. Yeah, you know, everything for it. <laughs> oh, man. That's so funny. Anyway, so far, I mean, like, that was a great story. <laughs> we will write that recipe down and it will involve all right. of those steps. Oh, yeah. You have to put a screwdriver through your finger. Through your finger. You have to ruin a rug, break a glass. It's going to be a new thing, like, you know, at uh, Greek weddings when they stomp on the glass or whatever. And it's like, hey, mazel yeah, exactly. It'll be like that, except for when, every time you make a beer. <laughs> you have yeah. to pick one person who brewed the beer with you and stick a screwdriver through their finger. <laughs> and everyone's, like, drawing <laughs> straws to see who gets it. Oh, I have the perfect one. It, it cuts right through like butter. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> oh my god anyway let's get on with the rest of our episode (laughs) we have some magic news (laughs) oh god um anyway it is a new year hooray and it's our most exciting episode ever um you heard it here first folks the year 2023 has started it has started (laughs) congratulations uh, also, the Arena Decathlon has started again. Uh, it's the second year they've done this, and last year mm-hmm. I loved it. But this year I think I like it even more because they took our, our criticism. The Wizards listened to us and changed yeah. something. And the main thing is they changed the date of when it started. Instead of starting right. right before Christmas and then going through Christmas when everyone's in their holidays and, and New Year's and with family and blah, 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 they did right after when no, nobody has anything to do. And they're like, oh, sick. I got this right. sweet magic yeah, event. Much, much better time. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> January is the best time to do this. Are you kidding? Yes. Yeah. Everything's slow. <laughs> it's amazing. The mm, chef's kiss. Love it. Yeah. So if you didn't play in it last year, you don't know it. Basically, um, there's going to be like... They're not full weeks, I guess, two or like three or four days yeah. at a time. And there's there's five of those sections of days. Um, and each one has two different formats you can play. So in total, there's 10 events because it's five sections, each with two different formats. If you get to the full seven wins, like a perfect run or a good run, qualifying run, you get this token. And then if you get 
tokens from three different events, you get entered into the finals, and the finals is a really cool event. It's sealed, but everyone has the same pool. So it's something I've thought about a lot. Obviously, you can't really do it in paper. Um, it's just not practical, but it's a really cool way to use Arena because it's super easy to, for them to implement on Arena. I wonder if it's like a curated pool. Has Wizards like I, built it to be interesting? That's what I. That's what it looked like when I was reading it. So they did. This wasn't the finals last year. Last year was just like sealed, um, right? And so this year they're doing sealed, but it's like all skill in your deck building, basically, and mm-hmm. how much time you spend, I guess, memorizing the cards, because yeah. you you will know what your opponent's playing or like what cards they could play. And apparently, yeah, like they, for sure, I'm taking screenshots of my of everything. Pool yeah. yeah, they said that uh, there are multiple different viable decks in the pool, and you need to identify mm-hmm. which one you think is the one that you should play. Uh, right, which, that's cool because if if they did it randomly, you could just get a pool where it's like, okay, it has to be blue black. There's the only exactly, and those are the only cards. But apparently, there's a bunch of different viable strategies. I don't know how big the sealed pool is. Also, they just said that it's like. Yeah. I'm assuming it's a regular right. size sealed pool, but it could be larger because it might be a little bigger. Who knows? To facilitate having yeah. multiple decks you can build out of it. I wonder if it's gonna feel like Arena Cube, but like sealed. Right. Yeah. I just hope there aren't too many yeah, cube sealed essentially. Alchemy cards because cube sealed has a bunch or cube uh, has a bunch of alchemy cards. We'll find out, yeah. I guess. I don't really know. It's crazy. Um but anyway, the Decathlon's a lot of fun and Winning the finals is fantastic because you get one of every copy of the next set that comes out, which is Phyrexia All Will Be One. I did it last year, and I got one of everything from Kamigawa, and it was the best That's way amazing. to start the year. It was amazing. Have you played in this one at all? I have. I have two tokens so far. I, I did the first two. It was like Popper and Jump In, and oh, nice. uh, I tried playing the Triple Dominaria Sealed event this last week, mm-hmm. and... I uh, I went zero and three. It was bad, real bad. Ah, so I, I got really kind of crushed by that, and then just it was like you know what? fuck this yeah. <laughs> for a little bit. Yeah, it's bullshit. Man. But I'll probably play uh, tomorrow. Right now, there's one that's a traditional draft, so I'll probably play that one. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I was kind of bummed out by this, like this pair. It was just like two normal formats. And draft and alchemy. That's what I like. And I was like, oh, I want my like weirdo fun format. Like, I hate those <laughs> ones. It's so funny. I I mean, like the jump in <laughs> one was fun because I love preconstructed decks, but um, which those are basically preconstructed decks. Come on, um, but uh, all the ones where it's like standard, but you get a different token every turn, and you get to choose what the token is. Yeah. Anytime you have like a weird format where you have to build a deck for it, I am immediately turned off. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I was like, if yeah. someone hands me a deck, I will definitely play, and it looks, it will be fun. I just don't want to build anything. <laughs> don't make me build a deck for this. Come on. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I was, I was more referring to like uh, the jump in or the sealed. That's not an actual sealed format. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff, I think, is cool. Got it. Got and it, those got are the it. two I played in. So I did get my token off the jump in. I picked like my deck was basically like blue white flyers with a bunch of tempo and i just steamrolled everyone i think i got a really good pairing or whatever for the jump in Mm -hmm. um and then i tried the sealed like three times i played it three times i got decent pools um and ended up with what i thought were pretty good decks but just wasn't in the cards like my uh my best deck 
of all of them, I flooded out a few games, and then so I only really had one game to give, and then I misclicked that game away, and like I was just, I think five and two at that point, and I just literally just clicked the wrong thing, and lost the game, so that was real soul crushing. Yeah. That's when I was like, okay, I got to I got to do another one to get this, get this back, and then that last one I just ran into like bomb after bomb after bomb. Like I got, I lost to the stupid flying Sphinx with ward that like oh, factor fictions yeah. every single time it hits you. Mm-hmm. Then I lost to like demon Lord bells and lock. And then I lost to like to fairy hero of Dominar. That's, that's like, the worst you know Fuck you yeah, guys. Fuck you. Like, my, my best rare is like uh, you know, a three, three for there are like a three, two for two or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that good. I can't, I can't compete with this power level of cards. <laughs> That's a bummer. That's, I mean, it really sucks to run into Fairy because I hate running into that card. I mean, how are you ever supposed to beat Teferi in Sealed? Like, I don't You're think not. you can. No. It's ridiculous. No, no. I've had some hard times, but I am uh, looking forward to getting my third and, and playing in the finals and uh, kind of devoting a whole day to it. It seems like it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a thing. Like, building your deck. Yeah, I want to try and get there too. The majority of the yeah. time. Well, we might have to, yeah. like, Jeff, if we're. We might just have to like, all right, jump on Discord. We're going to be talking about the finals. If anybody else gets yeah. in the finals, jump on Discord, talk to us. Let's figure out yeah. what the best brew is. I think it's a team effort because when you're playing through it, uh, people can have multiple runs. I think they changed it a little bit last year. If you had all 10, you get three tries. This year, mm-hmm. you can only, the most you can get is two. So... Okay. It will be less likely. Last year, when people would win, they would then jump in the queue again and just uh, concede to people to just give them wins to be like, hey, everybody get as many wins as possible and get all the rewards. This time, right. I think they're trying to cut back on that a little bit and make it a little bit harder, which is a bit of a bummer. Because I guess you can't win the one of every card twice. Yeah, there's a certain... Yeah, when you get to the the top you can only win that once so because it's like a so, token yeah. and so you don't really get multiple of this oh, kind of thing right um but you can get multiple like rare and mythic rare wild cards but the big one is after like let, let me see i have it up somewhere um i think it's after three or four wins let's see it's no it's only two if you get two wins you get four draft tokens which is oh that's awesome amazing so just being in the finals and just getting two wins is like they're just throwing stuff at you, which is like if I get into the finals and get the draft tokens, I'm going to feel pretty good. So, yeah, awesome. Really cool event. Normally, I'm not into these like wonky format ones either, but I'm just enjoying them. And I was like, oh, man, normal formats. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. That's what you meant by wonky. Yeah. I love random like as much chaos type of sealed as we can or weird limited formats. Is my favorite. I just or give me one where there's like ten decks to choose from, you know, all the different color pairs. Yeah, and then actually we just play with those decks. Um, I like those too. Those are always fun because they're quick, and uh, I always just pick whatever like red black deck, black sacrifice <laughs> deck is. <laughs> yeah. It's just the well, red, red black deck's always the best one, man. <laughs> I think the last one they did it was like a treasure deck, and so that's why it was the best. And it was like yeah, coming off the heels like, of adventures and the forgotten realms, and you're like, oh great, treasure shit again, but. Uh, we do have some other magic news. Uh, this is mainly the the format of our episode today. It's just like we're going to talk about stuff because 
Right. Congratulations <laughs> to us. Anyway. Um, yeah. it, hey, man, this show, this episode's for us. It's, yeah, it's, it's our hundredth one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's really fun for us. I don't know how much fun it is for you, but I hope you're enjoying it. Um, so this is something we actually, it's a bit more serious. So on the show and part of our f- philosophy as far as like people and also just magic content creators, we don't like talking about leaks because mm-hmm. leaked cards... Uh, it it just kind of ruins the fun about magical all the time. And uh, we already get spoiled cards too soon by the company. So leaks are just like way too soon. And so usually Mm -hmm. that's just like all downside. And so I'm never super stoked on like sharing leaks. And if you see leaks, try to make sure that if you're sharing them with other people, that they are aware that they're going to see a leak and it's not a spoiler. It hasn't been officially spoiled because sometimes they're wrong and sometimes people don't want to see it. So just be mindful. Um, so that's why we don't talk about it except for right now. And I'm going to break all the rules I just said. So <laughs> <laughs> there has been a huge, a gigantic um, like run of leaks for Phyrexia All Will Be One. And it's like, all the rares have been leaked. Every single one. You could go online, find them right now. Um, I haven't, uh, besides a couple that I wanted to know. But um, the reason that this felt different is because a big reason that they're leaked is that people are playing um, Dominary Remastered events or like stores are opening up their boxes to get their singles so they can do sales. Mm-hmm. And in the Dominaria Remastered Packs, they are opening rares from Phyrexia All Will Be One. <laughs> and you right. can't really get mad about that because people are like, what the hell is this? Like, I, I bought a booster pack. Right. I mean, at this moment, yeah. that set is not released officially, but they are doing, like, weekend events for it. It comes out on the 13th. So there's like weekend events and like stores are opening them because they have to, so that they know their inventory so they can have their sales stuff ready. Right. Yeah, of course. And these people are like showing videos of like, what's going on? What's happening? And it's like very consistent all over the United States. So, um, yeah, that just sounds like a big printer. Whoops. Yeah. It sounds like the rare sheet because they do rare and common sheets separately. Mm -hmm. It's like how they make sure there's one rare in every pack. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds like the rare sheets got mixed, right? Uh, now it's not, now it, I, it's not, com- it's not a leak. It, it's not like completely switched. So it's not like every pack has a, right. Oh, yeah, will yeah. be one card. It's like, so then we'll have to find out if Dominary Remastered cards are going to be in All Will Be One pack. Oh man, that would be rough. Right. And so then you're like p- playing a draft and you're like, I'm getting these weird cards. I guess I play it. Like, what do you do? Like, get another pack and then yeah. give that one to the store? I don't know. It just seems weird, but... I'm going to fucking lose to Teferi Hero of Dominaria <laughs> at the All Will Be One. No, you're going to lose to Force of Will and, like, Vampiric Tutor <laughs> yeah. and, you know, all those cards. <laughs> you're like, what the fuck is yeah. this? Um, anyway, say, I, I cart you oh, off I a little bit. I guess if you buy, like, a $5 pack and you get cards like that. That's pretty good. That's pretty sick. But you could also yeah. get whatever other bullshit they have um but sorry what were you saying you i cut you off what you were saying something about leaks oh i was just gonna say it's not really a leak 
because it's just, a, like you said, it's just an accident. Unless somebody did this on purpose as a way to leak the Phyrexia all will be one card. Sure. It's like a creative way to, to get the leaks out there. Um, yeah, it's just, it, like you said, it's a printer whoopsie. Some of the rare sheets got mixed up in certain print runs yeah. or whatever. Um, I still think I probably won't go and like look at them all. Mm-hmm. I kind of like preview season the way it's meant to be. Like they'll show us cards in specific order. Same. But I don't know. I don't feel like super strongly about it. I might, I may give in and just go look at it. At some yeah. Point, but, uh, it's, um, I think the most recent one that was, uh, an issue was, um, that, uh, in Dominaria United, there's that, uh, hero of Argive. What's that white card? I picked it. It's mm-hmm. awesome, but it's a it's a four drop. But in yeah, hero of new argue yeah, yeah, yeah. in the spoiler or sorry in the leak, uh, it cost two mana instead of four, and so that was like Big the difference. thing that they changed. And people were like, "This is so fucking busted. White's gonna be crazy." Blah blah. <laughs> and then the card comes out and it wasn't. And so that's one thing about leaks that you have to be like, just. Right. Slow your roll, except for this time, because they're actually printed, and that's what they were meant to be. So, anyway, if you are interested in leaks, go find them. Just don't share them with your friends if your friends are not interested in leaks. It's like telling them the end of a movie. Like, just don't, you know, just just let them wait. Or ask, you know. Like, I don't even know what Planeswalkers are in the set. So, that's that's always, like, an interesting thing to be revealed to me as well. We, All right, Jeff. Sorry to you know bust your bubble, but we actually officially know that Planeswalkers in the set. I, I thought you knew this already. There's like ten. Uh, did you not see that article? There's ten. Yeah. No, I didn't read that. Yeah, <laughs> what ten? Yeah. Oh my god, Jeff. Oh, okay. This is just happening. This is amazing. All right, more magic news. This came out like before Christmas. This is like old news. Yeah, but not. It came out since our last episode, correct? Yeah. Did you just, like, jump <laughs> off the face of the All earth? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, man, without you to tell me the magic news, I, I don't know what's going on. This was like... I know Kaito's there because you posted Kaito in the Discord. Yeah. Well, I mean, that card was revealed. The other ones weren't revealed, but we know which Planeswalkers are going to be there. That's the big thing. Uh, with an article, it was like an announcement. Um, ten Planeswalkers, huh? Yeah. Well, I guess there are ten in the story. But, like, hmm. I rarely do they... I mean, a lot of time they like to have three, but, like, this time it feels kind of like there's going to be more. Yeah, this is from uh, December 13th, this article came out. And these are the Planeswalkers, and this is the kind of... No way. Yeah. All right, so... We, I wouldn't have missed that. Uh, Jace, Kaito, Kaya, Koth... Uh, this fucking guy. What's his name again? I'm just looking at his picture, and I fucking hate him. Luca. There we go. Um, Nahiri, Nissa, Tyvar, Vraska, and the Wandering Emperor. All ten of them. Super random list. Will wow. be in the list. But it's very eclectic. Well, but we already knew about some of them because of the story. Yeah, like Koth makes sense because he has been there. Like was yeah. On and the, Kaya was with us. Uh, so was Tyvar and Nissa. And Luca, for whatever reason. Uh, Jace was going to come with Vraska. The Wandering Emperor is there because Kaito, I guess? And then Nahiri, because, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, probably, like, 
I guess my question is like, I assume maybe half of these are like completed planeswalkers. Yeah. I, and so they're I, fighting for Phyrexia and the other half are fighting for the, the good guy, the Mirans. Yes. Um, why why are you just lit- are you literally just reading the article right now? Because that it says this is what we knew months like a month ago that like five of them were gonna oh, be completed. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> no. Do we know which five? We we don't. The, the leaks will tell you which five. The leaks would tell you. Yes. Yeah. See, that's the part I think I don't want spoiled. Exactly. I wanna like enjoy that as it happens. Except for we have a couple spoilers, which we already knew. Oh no. Even in this article, Koth has not been completed because right under the oh, list the Koth? it literally Koth card is officially leaked or spoiled yeah it was officially spoiled in this article so oh, Jesus, this is fucking it, yeah <laughs> so you're so behind so Koth <laughs> is safe and Kaito the one that I sent was also spoiled officially yeah, yeah. so those are the ones that are official uh the rest damn that means know. like there's five of eight that are Phyrexian yeah wow so most of them are completed it yeah and it's probably it's like the pairs i'm like luca probably i mean why would they even complete him he's just evil already i know but probably now for no no reason like he did in well there you go so he he probably ran towards them and got completed because he wanted to um yeah since kaito hasn't that means the wandering emperor probably is just to make the tension Intense. I hope they completed both Frasca and Jace so they can still have their right. Love so then that's yeah. that's four or didn't complete them. I guess, yeah, but I assume they're completed. So between the other ones, it's like so. Those are the ones that I was thinking. Yes, for sure, those are the ones. And so we have um, Kaya, Tyvar, Nissa, and Nahiri are the ones that are like, are they completed? Are they not? So right. I guess like, are the completed planeswalkers gonna die? We don't know if they can come back. That's what the whole story was in a drunken Porthos. It could be. (laughs) Has it? Have we finally come to the end of Jace? That's what I want to know. That's crazy. It hasn't been as annoying as like it it was in like Ixalan. Was kind of around like wow, Jace is just everywhere, and I'm so tired of Jace. Yeah. Now it's like Teferi is always. Well, he's around and just like doing stupid bullshit. Whatever. Yeah. Um, Though, I mean, like, I, I like him as a character, I guess, but, like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I just hate I, his, I his cards. I tend to like the... That's the thing. I like Teferi cards when they're bad, and I hate the good ones. Yeah. Like... <laughs> it's, the, it's, like, it's always good in such an annoying way, because it's, like, the time mage stuff. But anyways, we're gonna, gonna yeah. get a off topic on that. <laughs> I mean, we're completely off topic with this whole thing. We weren't gonna talk we, about We don't have this. a topic, so how, how are we <laughs> off topic? <laughs> you didn't... <laughs> anyway, um, I know a couple other things, too, but I'm not gonna tell you, because now I feel like mm. I'll just let... There are, are official things I could tell you, but I feel like I'll just wait and not tell you. Yeah, I'm going to go check out... Uh, probably that'll be my compromise. I'll check out the official stuff. So I'll go check out the Koth card. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I've, I've brought up a few times, I love Big Red, and Koth is like a Big Red card. That's just how he's always designed. Yeah, that's so. why he kind of sucks, but whatever. <laughs> it is why he sucks, yeah. but that's why I like him. <laughs> it's a- and he's always like mountain-themed, which is like really... It's just not powerful. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like how many, something proportional, how many mountains you have. Yeah. Um, Jeff, you you don't even need to go read the card. You literally read the card. It's probably like overcosted and cares about mountains. Anyway, enough speculating. Um, yeah. 
we should go to a beer break and get some more of this delicious yeah. beer. Agreed. Are you ready to crack open the next beer, yeah. Jeff? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh... <laughs> we are, of course, again, drinking some more of our Thieves Guild Impera Mill Stout. Because we don't know if it's strong enough to be imperial. Although, as I'm talking right now, I think it might. <laughs> it's definitely not a light beer. It's definitely not a light beer, that's for sure. Oh, so man. The, the first beer, when, you know, listeners of the show right, might remember when we got our friend Ryan the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a professional brewer now, but at the time we were, he was an amateur. And we, the first beer we made was meant to be an imperial uh ipa and we undershot the abv uh, <clears throat> it ended up being i don't know six percent or something and so we called it a uh, imperial session mm-hmm. and it's just like a regular beer yeah <laughs> but i've always liked the idea of calling something an imperial session since then yeah it's, like, it's, a, it's a drinkable imperial yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like nice and light for the sunday afternoon oh That's man right. In the category of imperial beers, it's uh, it's light. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, Jeff. Let's talk about our the namesake of our beer. Yes. So we've been playing a lot of rogues. Yes. And uh, in the format Explorer. So we're going to talk about Explorer in particular, you know, our journey and adventures with the, the best deck ever, rogues. And... Uh, I think I want to start, you mentioned it a little at the top of the show, but just remind people who maybe are newer or it's been so long, uh, why, like, why Rogues is kind of special to us. So I know you mentioned we used to play it and it became our favorite deck. The thing I don't remember if you mentioned or not is that um, way, way back, we were trying to like demonstrate that you can have a totally free-to-play account and still play Tier 1 decks. And so we made a new account, Arena Regulars Podcast, mm-hmm. and we put zero money into it, not even like the welcome bonus, $5 welcome bonus that we always suggest people get if they're willing to. Um, like nothing, zero, zero. And we just drafted up a storm, got pretty much everything from Zendikar Rising, and then built a tier one deck, and that deck happened to be Rogues. And part of the reason is that Rogues had a lot of uncommons uh, and rares, whereas the other best deck at the time was Gruel Adventures, which is like all mythic rares and all rares. So Rogues was like the easiest on your wild cards while also being one of the best decks. And because of that, we and you and I ended up playing a lot of Rogues and just really loving the deck. Uh, so it's sort of symbolic for our 100th episode. It's the first like tier one deck we built uh, as a podcast account. Just like it's been sort of a theme of ours ever since that we just we just love that rogues deck because it was so fun to play. Yeah. And when I was beginning Arena <clears throat> and playing, um, there was a deck you could play after Akoria came out. There was like a Demir Flash deck because there's a couple cards in, in Akoria like this, mm-hmm. dr- like, a, I don't know, Dream uh, Serpent guy. I can't remember what he was. Um, but it was like every time you play a Flash spell, you get to draw a card. And the deck was much more creature based. Oh, yeah. And I remember that guy. So there was this, and it wasn't very good, but it was kind of like a fun, uh, new to arena deck to play. And I was playing that a lot. 
and Thieves Guild Enforcer came out in M21, I was like, oh, it's perfect for this deck. And I'm playing that. And like, mm-hmm. there's a weird mill theme. But I was like, you only really mill with Thieves Guild Enforcer. It's not really mill. It's just flash. And then we come into Zendikar Rising, and I'm like, oh, that's what this card does. And then the deck really forms. It was a setup. It was a nice setup, um, but an annoying setup because it made it that when M21 rotated out, Rogues also rotated out because that's like, these go Enforcer right. is your one drop. It's like the card you want to see in your opening hand. It is oh yeah, the sure. thing. And uh, get your, your deck moving because if you're not familiar with Rogues, um, you're basically playing uh, blue black flash creatures, uh, and most of your creatures care about um, you. Your creatures mill cards, and then the other cards you're playing care about milled cards, which is most importantly drown in the lock, which is your counter spell slash removal spell, which is amazing. Yeah, and it's the counter spell terminate split card. <laughs> yeah, and um, into the story, which reloads your hand. So it's like. It's a tempo four deck. Mana instant speed, draw four. So. Yeah. It's, um, it's just this instant speed deck that plays on kind of whatever turn you can, or whatever time you can find that's the best. And most of the mm-hmm. matchups you're playing when they're tapped out or whatever, because all your spells basically either have flash or work at instant speed. And to clarify, like when you say all your cards mill and other cards care about milling, mm-hmm. it's milling your opponent actually. So yes, uh, I know nowadays it's like not always clear. You, you, a lot of stuff is self mill. Uh, this one is one of the decks that actually cares about milling your opponent. And the standard deck in its heyday, I remember it was. I would say I probably won with like when I won the game. It was probably with damage more often mm-hmm. than mill, but it was close. It was like 60-40 maybe. I and I milled a good... I think I milled more than you did probably because I, I would go for that line yeah. a lot more often, I think. I always found myself in this situation where I was pushing the mill. I was pressuring them with the mill and that forced them to deal with it and then they just died of my creatures. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you killed my ruin crab? Alright, take six from my soaring thought thief and my uh, That's true. Like That's true. Guild Enforcer. That, was, that happened to me pretty often. So it was like, I won technically with damage but it's my mill cards that put the opponent in the tight spot where they couldn't really deal with my creatures that were killing them. They had to deal with the ruin crab because that was going to kill faster. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Um, but it was like, it was pretty close to 50-50 whether you were killing them with damage or with mill. And uh, that was part of the charm of the deck is like whoever realized what the game was about first would tend to win. Like if you knew that you were going to win with mill in this game and your opponent still thinks they have to deal with your damage, you get such an edge out of that. So Mm -hmm. knowing the deck really well and understanding play patterns and like matchups and how they tend to play out, it was super rewarding on, uh, on that front because you would win a lot of games because you figured out that you were going to mill them out before they figured that out. Yeah. Or you figured out that it wasn't about the mill, it was about damage before they figured it out. Yeah. And, of course, because you're playing the deck and you play it a lot, you are constantly trying to figure out which which one you should be working towards. While they right. don't always know that or they're not really focused on it because they have their whole deck that they're dealing with. Um, and, of course, you know your hands. So Yeah. <laughs> a lot of times you're like... Well, I'm just I have Ruin Crab Fabled Passage in my hand, which my opponent does not know about. So mm-hmm. that's gonna be a surprise crap load of mill that they weren't expecting. Yeah, exactly. And that usually would jumpstart you as well. And also Ruin Crab Fable Passage is kind of the namesake 
in the sense that it's one of the biggest reasons why people fucking hate this deck. People hate <laughs> rogues. They yeah. hate rogues. Yeah. Um, and that if, was such a unique experience too. Like people would, you'd play Ruin Crab, and people would concede. The like game. on ter- the first or thing, the match. The match. When you played Island yeah. Ruin Crab, they would concede the entire match. Concede the match because they didn't want to play yeah. against it, which is crazy to me. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> there it it and the deck was not super. I mean, it's very good, but you have to be really good at playing it, which was what was kind of fun about it. And because you right. can easily lose, like anyone who plays it can easily lose. And that might be another reason why people hated it. Cause they're like, every time my opponent plays this deck, I lose. Every time I play it, I lose. Fuck this deck. Right. That's frustrating. Yeah. Um, and like newer players just hate <clears throat> mill in general. They, they like milling people. They hate getting built mm-hmm. and they hate counter spells. So yes. this was a deck that like new players are always going to hate to play against i think it's sort of like surprising to me it's always been surprising to me how much hate this deck got like you'd see twitch stream just blow up with hatred during any pro event where rogues was one of them Mm -hmm. it's like i want anyone but rogues to win and it's like but rogues is the most interactive deck that's been a good standard deck like we've ever seen it's all interaction it's all kill spells and counter spells and creatures like yeah what is there to hate about this this is it's really healthy to have a deck like this be the um, tier one. Not, not even the best but really good because like when Arya, right, it went in and out of being the best i think gruel was probably just the best it was Overall, the best. if you look back on that standard yeah. format gruel was like the, the winner because they are, it, like Gruel also had good hate cards against Mill, which usually meant it was good against Rogue. Citing yeah. in escape creatures, um, like Ox of Agonis, Ox of and the um, Phoenix, which usually Mono Red did Phoenix and Gruel did Ox of Agonis, but mm-hmm. it uh, which also made the the game really interesting and forces the Rogues player to play Cling to Dust, where you're trying to figure out how to only take out the pieces of your opponent's graveyard you didn't want there. Um, yeah, it just like leads to super interesting games, and so I, I, it's kind of a shame that it got it gets this hate just because it has counter spells and like mill, and for some reason people really hate getting milled. I'm mm-hmm. Not sure why, um, but yeah, it's unbelievable. I think we on that arena account. I was just playing. I was like, what are my what's my record? And I look back, it's like seventeen and zero with this deck, but a bunch of them were just instant concessions yeah just so like, like oh i played no I mean, spells I, like I, I got pretty lucky in some of the other matches too and stuff but it's just like why are so many people conceding <laughs> yeah and that still happens sometimes like so uh we wanted we've wanted to be able to play rogues whenever we can it's one of our favorite decks just from all that watching yeah. arna Hushimbet win i think the strixhaven oh, championship against our least yep. favorite deck which is fucking emerging <laughs> ultimatum bullshit yeah uh, is mm. fuck you sultimatum so so it, if you like sultimatum um that's t- great or whatever but that was like the best yeah, deck. yeah of course and so seeing the rogue deck the rogues deck be able to come in mm-hmm. and, and uh, beat it was just made just mm, so good um and, and uh, Arna played like out of his mind in that whole event. I remember. Yeah, it was just am- constant. I learned so much from watching him. I I would need to go back and watch those matches. I mean, obviously yeah. the gameplay will be different and the decks a little bit different, but the core of it in uh, what we really want to talk about today is that we we 
when I say we, I mainly mean Jeff, have built a a Explorer Rogues deck to bring Explorer the best deck. Slash Pioneer, right. if we can get it into Pioneer at some point. But um, yeah, so we do have a list. We're going to post it in our Discord, so uh, we're not going to read it right now. If you want to go check it out, go in the show notes. Our Discord is down there. Come hang out and talk about how much you love slash hate rogues, depending on which side of the fence you are on. But the the bulk I of think the, the deck... hatred is like diminished now that it's not in standard. <sighs> I don't know. I ran into. I mean, I've been in lower tiers recently, and because uh, mm-hmm. I I was busy with some stuff, so I, I kind of fell off the the tier wagon. Um, but playing through bronze and silver and gold, people still concede to like you're giving them like ptsd yeah well now i mean yeah exactly i mean i'm not playing um rune crab and this version of the deck doesn't have the same mill potential so yeah um it's just like turn one thieves guild enforcer on their end step and they'll just like spam nice 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 to me i'm like wow like chill bro chill it's a one one right now man and then, of course, I just wreck him. But um, <laughs> it's, then I play my Soaring Thought Thief and attack. Yeah, and then have a huge board. I, I think in specifically that event, it was another Thieves Guild Enforcer on my turn, and then a Merfolk Wind Robber, so that they could Oof. attack with as three twos. But yeah, I, I would, I, I would send a nice emote for that one. Yeah, a bunch. Of but bunch. like a legitimate, I'd be like, like nice. oh, that was sick. Um, yeah. The things that we get in Explorer that we didn't have in Standard are the main things. Fatal Push, Thoughtseize, Mana Base gets a lot better. Um, yeah. Which so, the, but ro- the, Rogues lost a lot to its own mana in Standard because yeah. even though it's just a two-color deck, it's actually like pretty strict on the, the colors because you have like Agadim's Awakening, which you need, mm-hmm. and that's triple black. You have Into the Story is double blue, and then you have a lot of like black-blue stuff so you you really need both colors and a healthy amount of it because you're trying to play like three four like two or three spells Mm -hmm. in a turn in the mid to late game and they're all like double colors you you need a lot of blue and a lot of black and you know standard just didn't really have the lands for that you have a lot of like fabled passage you had zagoth triomes that you were playing just just because that's your best like Mm -hmm. (laughs) dual land um so i remember losing a lot of games to mana with the original like standard rogues um which is something that i i think we we all know i i hate losing games to mana so Mm -hmm. it's like i almost don't play decks that have sketchy mana but this one was was too awesome not to not to play anyways but um, like the gruel deck functioned a lot more smoothly even though it's also a two-color deck yeah but most of the um double color cards you were only playing in your main deck is like Ember Cleave and um, mm-hmm. that other Great Henge. So, right, your all yeah. your early plays you need either green or red, and you don't really care uh, about double. So, this one is like yeah, you you will lose the game very quickly if you can't play your Soaring Thought Thief or your Drown Lock. Exactly, um, and and I remember sitting there being like, ah, I only have like one black, and I need to play, like I can't play. Thieves Guild Enforcer, then Soaring Thought Thief, which is what I want to do mm-hmm. this turn. That, that type of stuff would always happen. So the mana is huge to get Watery Grave into the mix. Um, obviously, we still have the Clearwater Pathways. 
And then blue and black just has a lot of really good utility lands, like, you know, the, the man lands or the, the creature lands, I mean, from... Uh, Adventures, yeah. D&D. D &D. Mm -hmm. Get Drowned Catacomb, which I like because you have a lot of... You actually have a lot of, like, swamp and island stuff. Um, yeah, it's really nice to play the deck with where you, you don't really lose to your mana in the same way that you used to. The, the one thing that uh, we are playing... Well, now we're just talking about the deck list. I, I told everyone we were going to talk about it, but whatever. Um, you, yeah. You've talked about this before, but Suspicious Stowaway is one of your, like, rogue it's, rogues. Yeah, that, it's a pet card for me, for sure. Yeah, that if Jeff is building a rogues deck, I will try to push this card out. <laughs> I don't love it. Yeah, it's, um, it's the thing Zach's going to cut and the thing I'm going to make sure is in the list. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and though my opponents tend to identify it as a card that needs to die... So it must be better yeah, than I think it is. So it's a lightning rod for removal. Yeah, um, I think erroneously a lot of the time, like my opponents kill that, and it's like you you shouldn't have killed that. Really should have killed the thieves guild enforcer. But yeah. all right, yeah, <laughs> that was a weird weird decision. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just, I was gonna loot. Who cares? Yeah, they <laughs> they tend to hate that quite a bit. I honestly think people don't like having to worry about werewolves flipping, and so killing it means okay, I don't have to worry that it's gonna flip into the good side. Yeah, that's true, especially because this deck is good because most of the time you don't want to play at sorcery speed so it will flip mm. so yeah. that's it is it is smart i just hate that it's a werewolf without it's not a rogue werewolf on the back it's, it's just so annoying that the other side isn't a rogue i hate that that gets me every time too i never remember that because when you're counting like, damage wait, you fuck it up yeah getting the bonus yeah so it, sometimes it's like you don't want it to flip because then <laughs> you, it actually deals less damage because you have two Soaring Thought Thieves out, but whatever. Um, and it makes no sense because, like, a werewolf is a werewolf in either form. If you're a human rogue, like, if you're a rogue werewolf, you're you're still a rogue in your other form. You know what I mean? No, but not really because your werewolf form takes over and you don't remember anything about your range. Or are the werewolves different? In normal lore... I think they're different. When a werewolf yeah. becomes a werewolf, they, like, forget everything. And they just are in a crazy daze, and then they wake up somewhere. Uh, I, I can't remember. I know, like, special ones didn't have that, like Arlen uh, and... Arlen, Tovalar. 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 I feel like they were special, maybe, and most I can of remember. them... I don't know. I feel like they could kind of, like, switch back and forth. No, because they could talk, right? Their brains they could yeah, talk. They could talk. They could, talk. They could yeah. talk to the vampires and be like, I'm gonna eat you, or whatever they said. Yeah, I'm gonna rip you in half. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I feel like this card should be a rogue on both sides, because that would make my life a lot easier. I but. mean, <laughs> I would like it to. It's it, it's not, but I would like it to. Um, yeah. But I just wanted to say the, the big thing with this deck, uh, compared to the standard one, is that we're not playing... Um, ruin crab because it's really just not right. good enough um which does take away a little bit of the am i gonna get milled am i gonna lose from damage definitely thing i i never win with milling yeah deck. and uh, that's always damage yeah so i think that's that's an interesting pinpoint now because in the standard deck you were like i can mill you to death and sometimes I, I can do that so fast that even the cards that you cited in that are your hate cards that are in the graveyard, escape creatures, uh, any flashback mm -hmm. cards, things like that, you won't be able to win with. This version now needs to hit a bit harder. And so you need to make sure that uh, you are... The, the Soaring Thought Thief just becomes a, so much more important, I think, in this version yeah. and in this format. 
because you need your lords to be able to, to kill them. Like, a lot of the games come down to I can deal six damage and they're at seven. And I need to rip. I, know I need to draw. It's a, shocking how often you're off by one. Yeah. It's like I need to draw a Soaring Thought Thief or I need to get a Kaito to get a Soaring Thought Thief or something. Like, right. any card yeah. off the top that lets me draw or uh, anything like that. So, that becomes important when you're playing this deck. Uh, which you should. You should come to our Discord, download it. It's a lot of fun. It is hard, though. Yeah. Because... It, I, and that's what I think is awesome about it. It's like... I was telling you when I was playing the deck, you're like, oh, how's it going? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm doing fairly well with it, like generally winning records. I play in leagues, so not on the ladder. I just jump into a, a five-game mm-hmm. uh, event, sorry. And... I've, I never got the 5-0. I'm still, still searching for that one. I was hoping to get a 5-0 before doing this show so that I could be like, yeah, I got the 5-0. <laughs> I, I got a lot of 4-1s, though. Um, I was telling Zach before, I was like, I think most of my losses are my fault. It's not like my deck is bad. It's that I'm bad, which <laughs> we were joking about it. But like, for some reason, I take that as a good thing. <laughs> it's like, no, the deck I built isn't bad. I'm bad. That's why I lost. Yeah. Okay. Phew. I was worried that the deck I built was bad. And of course, I feel exactly the opposite because I don't build very many decks. And so I, I'm always losing because I'm bad. And so I'd much rather lose because yeah. the deck's bad and I did all the correct things. You're like, um, this deck Jeff built sucks. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I, I played perfect. Yeah. Which, of course, is, I think, more common um, <clears throat> to right. feel that way. And so then... Uh, so I'm, you know, maybe I'm just not up to the tier that you're you're at right now. But uh, who knows? I'll play this it's deck. It's just the deck has so many decisions. And you can always look back and be like, if I'd done this other thing, I think I might have won that game. Yes, that is very true. And then you get into the tricky part of like, does that mean that it was incorrect to do what I did? Or was it just correct? But I lost anyways. Like it, the chips fell where they, where they did. Where they did. I don't know. Um, I do want to ask, though, for your matchups. What are the matchups you like with this deck? Because I really don't know. Every time I'm playing against a deck, I'm like, I don't... Uh, well, I'm going to yeah. play it and see. Um, yeah, perfect transition, because I want to talk a little bit about Explorer, like metagame, what you're seeing and stuff. Yeah. I think the most popular deck, just from my the experience I've had, is uh, Mono Green Karn. Yes. I play against that deck all the time and i think it probably is the de facto like best deck it's very if i think yeah. about explorer i think of that deck um as being like the not only the new thing with nixthos being released mm-hmm. but also like it's one of the best decks in pioneer and has been for a long time it's like held that title uh so it really shows its worth now the explorer deck's not exactly the same but still it's it's like very powerful what it can do. It can generate so much mana and then just play really whatever. Just a lot of stuff. It's I have found the matchup to be positive. Like I tend to beat this deck, which I think is a huge plus for rogues. I think sometimes they're just too fast. They get too much mana down too mm-hmm. quickly and like your interaction isn't set up. But generally when they're playing 10 mana for like the storm the festival Mm -hmm. and i can counter it for two mana that's like a a huge boon and they don't have great 
like they have the cavalier thorns to block flyers, but otherwise they have a really hard time dealing with flyers because they don't really play removal. I lost to that the other Um, day because I didn't remember it had reach. Yeah, and I attacked right. (laughs) You gotta watch out for the cavalier. I I slammed (laughs) my my soaring thought thief, being like, "Ha, you're dead." Yeah, and then I was like, (laughs) "No." They snap block, and you're like, oh, oh shit, <laughs> I forgot about that whole interaction. That's when you throw the old oops. And I was like, oh, I was supposed to plus Kaito and, and loot to, to see if I could get a removal spell. That was what I was supposed to do, and I didn't. Yeah. Oops. Um, and green doesn't have a great way to punish you for milling them. Like, they they have Storm the Festival, but it's so expensive that you're generally not that worried about it. Yeah, it is main deck, though, so um, every once in a while I mill them on turn one and they mill two into their graveyard. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> I'm excited to see that later. Right. Um, but you're right. It's so expensive, though. Like, I never really... Like, I'm going to counter that at some point. I know you're going to tap out for that thing. <laughs> and I'm going to... There's nothing better than hitting a 10-man spell with Juari Disruption. Now, I was going to say, uh, yeah. now that I think about <laughs> it, when I played that match, it was like... One turn, they <laughs> cast Storm the Festival, and I countered it. And then the next turn, they flashed it back, and I <laughs> countered it with Jawari Disruption. And I was like, yes. that feels very good. I like that a lot. <laughs> um, had it happen once when my opponent had a Nissa out, too. Like, they had so much mana, but they decided to play something and then tap out to flash it back mm-hmm. and I was like ha 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 disruption yeah. and then they like they go oops and play a forest and I was like yes, yes. that's the best that's the best feeling I love that I love it um, so I do see what you're saying that uh, we do have counter spells this deck does want to play like big thing you know it's, it's one of those decks that this uh, this archetype is usually good against where they're trying to just play one big spell that does a bunch of shit. I just think sometimes that they have so much goddamn stuff. Like sometimes it's like they're playing four spells a turn that I just, I can't, I can't do anything. Oh yeah. And it's four like impactful spells. That's Uh, like, okay, I, I can't counter the right thing. The one thing I will say is that, um, the, uh, mulligans for this deck are super greedy because the amount of times I've beat people on Karn because all they had was um, forest, Lana War Elf, next turn, Lana War Elf, Lana War Elf kind of thing, where they just, they or they just don't have more lands. They're just like looking at their elves as if they're lands, and I'm like, they're not though, bro. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, this fatal push says Ooh, otherwise. That sucks. <laughs> so um that is one thing to to look out for that you can super punish the Karn player for being way too greedy with their mana base and playing too many um not playing enough lands yeah i haven't totally figured out how i like to sideboard um i like Thoughtseize against them because they just have yes. huge like taking their Karn or their nissa or something really a lot of the times like the other side of what you're saying is they'll keep a, they'll often keep a land heavy or elf heavy hand that is turboing into just one, they have one threat Mm -hmm. it's like Karn or something. And if it's usually Karn and Karn is so good that it's worth it to keep that hand for them. And if you thought sees that Karn, like their hand does nothing. It's just horrible. Yeah. So that's like the other side of the, it's not like the one lander with the elves. It's like the six lander with the Karn Mm -hmm. or like the five lander, the elf and the Karn. Um, That, that just gets blown up by thought sees. I kind of like Nighthawk scavenger because like, if they fight it with the Hydra, the Hydra dies. 
just nice to have death touch against something with gigantic creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, and adding more death I touch tend to, is nice because yeah. you already have yeah. some with the enforcers, but right. I tend to not worry about graveyard like cling to dust. It's not that vital for me. I just think if they're getting to ten mana to flash back the the um, storm of the festival, yeah. like I mean, I don't know. I, mm-hmm. They're probably gonna lose. So. And I don't... I think on Fatal Push, I generally bring them out on the play. Mm-hmm. But on the draw, I'll keep them to kill the elf. That makes sense. Um, you also have uh, Witch's Vengeance in the sideboard. Um, mm-hmm. I just wanted to ask you about it, specifically because um, the other card you can play is Crippling Fear, which is one mana more, but uh, kills more things. Yeah. Witch's Vengeance, honestly, I just kind of threw in. Okay. Um, it should probably be Extinction Event, actually. Uh, okay. So we can get on to the next deck that uh, I've just been seeing a huge surge in and I think has gotten really good recently, mm-hmm. and that's Angels. I'm seeing a lot more Angels than I used to. And Interesting. And it just feels like it's actually a good deck now. I think it's like it might just be a Tier 1 deck now. Really? it's close. I haven't seen Angels and in a while, but I'm also playing on the ladder right now because I've been kind of lazy and not jumping into the events I normally would want to play. But So basically, they got collected companies five through eight. There's that like white um, one in Promise yeah. War that is a, is a collected company clone. It's like five mana sorcery instead of being a four mana instance. Mm-hmm. So it's much worse, but it can also go bigger. You can get more creatures off it in the late game. And then having that like extra four copies of Collected Company just really made this deck a lot better. I think this is a pretty tough matchup. Um, they make a lot of big life-linking flyers mm-hmm. uh, or, like, life-gaining flyers. It's really hard to to just interact with that. Like, the Rogue's deck really relies on being able to attack in the air. Yeah. Um, and so the Witch's Vengeance was sort of meant to be like, I don't know, let's try and fight angels a bit not sure if that's even worth it like maybe it's just a tough matchup you know yeah um, which is vengeance is like too small to even kill a lot of the angels that's what i was thinking time, too so. yeah because like one of the angels you really want to get is um the righteous valkyrie which is a two four and that one pumps yeah, their whole team so uh that is interesting i wasn't thinking of because i haven't run into angels in a while so that's it's interesting to hear that that's uh, i've hit it a few times the bane of your like, existence but this is this is like really good. It is really, <laughs> it, it makes me think like a great way of beating life game decks is milling them. So mm-hmm. is there like a different strategy where you can sideboard into a mill oh, deck for ruin crabs? Yeah. And so that becomes your new plan. Yeah. Cause the old rogues deck, that was one of its strengths was like when the creature strategy doesn't work, you just mill them. Yeah. Whatever. Cause no, very few decks are good against both. Mm-hmm. Good against like getting milled and good against creatures. Exactly. We're I think th- this is a deck in progress, but I, I still don't think Rune Crab is good enough. But I want it to Rune be. Rune Crab just it just doesn't feel explorer, and I've tried it a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it's just not good. I wonder if there's like other mill cards we could be looking at, but yeah. I don't know. I think I was looking at other rogues we could be playing too. Um, but all of them are just, they always seem exciting. Yeah. You're like, oh, sweet, we can play Gonti. But I'm like, oh, no. But, like, I don't know. Gonti, is he? 
It's a lot of mana it's, for this deck. It's so expensive. Mana. The only one that I was like, oh, maybe that could be something is uh, Criddle of Baldur's Gate. I tried that card back when it was like in standard and I was unimpressed by it, but it's, it could be worth trying again. I don't know. Maybe just because like... You just look at the creatures in this deck and like, except Merfolk Windropper, they're all so good. Yeah. It's repl- not replacing like Brazy, Brazy B. No, it's not going to replace Brazy B, but it might replace Suspicious Stowaway. No, no, no. Don't talk crazy. <laughs> it's an auto-include. It just makes cards, like, unblockable. Uh, and you can you can make the, the stronger ones unblockable. But anyway, I don't know. Yeah. The other thing for Witch's Vengeance is, I don't know if you've been running into a lot of mono-white humans. but uh, That is what I thought it was for, was mono-white humans. Yeah. I, that's what I, like, originally had it in the deck mm-hmm. for, but I haven't run into mono-white humans as much as I thought I would. Um, but even there, it can often be too small, because, like, they get they, all the counters. They get all the counters and stuff. Yeah, it's hard. So if you're playing Extinction Event, like, that's a card I hate playing against. Like, I don't want my opponent to have Extinction Event. It always, it's just the worst. Right. Um... I don't know, I guess, <laughs> I don't really have a question. I just, it's so surprising, because I, I, I hate that card, but... Um, yeah, I think it's it's necessary, and maybe the way you play these creature matchups is you just don't commit to the board in the early game. That's true. They are, like, Angels has to commit to the board. Yeah. They have to, they can't. They, they There's nothing else they can else. do, yeah. So they get really blown out by an extinction event, and then you flash in all your creatures after that, but... Uh, I don't think it's, like, a great plan. Yeah, I think that's hard. Because I feel like they have a... I don't know. Just... Would you pick odd? It depends, obviously, what you have. But... Yeah. We have a fairly fairly even split of even and odd. That, that, and and that, we have six even and... I guess we have a lot more odd creatures, actually. Because the stupid wind robbers. Yeah, I guess there just isn't a good... Um, you can often sack the wind robber, like, trade it in, and then... And then do it. That's that is true. Um, it's always the sad thing of like uh, extinction event doesn't put any of the creatures in their graveyard. So if you're looking for, you just yeah. you're on like five cards and you're like I need a, I need something to get a couple things in the graveyard. You just won't do it. So you can also consider like languish. I guess I would be. I think bigger. languish. Uh, no, but I liked. No, I liked uh, the other ones where you didn't lose your creatures too. I guess maybe we're just not interested in a board wipe. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, maybe the Witch's Vengeance just shouldn't be there, and we just accept that Angels is a tough matchup. Maybe we just take I a... I don't find humans as tough as Angels, but because they don't have the same flying uh, Capabilities, and, like, yeah, you don't have as much... Like, you have to side into Death Touch in the air, and your... Thalia's, like, 50-50, whether it's good against us. If we have a creature hand, it's, like, really bad. But if we have a non-creature hand, it, it's very good. Yeah, but Thalia, like, cleanly eats uh, a, like, Thieves Guild Enforcer that's, that's like, true. buffed. That's true, yeah. So, like, you can eat it with a Swearing Thought Thief, but besides that, most of your creatures just die. Like, you can't even trade. So, that's rough. That sounds rough. I feel like I get it with the Soaring Thought Thief all the time, though. Like, yeah, but that's just your... Like, expecting me to be on rogues, and they just attack into it, and I'm like, sucka! <laughs> sucka! Yeah, that's true, <laughs> but, like... 
eventually this deck is going to be so good. It's going to be everywhere. Everyone's going to be playing it. You know, nobody's going to. So you you can't you can't just expect that to happen. Uh, And then the other two decks I see all the time: Rakdos Midrange and Azorius Control. Mm -hmm. I feel like those. uh, I like the control matchup. I think Azorius Control. Like this is what the kind of deck Rogues is designed to beat, basically. Um, and Rakdos Midrange, I've had a lot of success with it, but um, I feel like my opponents have made a lot of mistakes when I've been playing, where it's just yeah. like, okay, you haven't played against the Rogue's deck in a while or ever, because you are not making the correct decisions. Mm-hmm. So I, don't, I think the matchup might be like 50, closer to 50-50 with, or maybe even like unfavorable, just because their cards are so powerful. Uh and I've just been like I have a good record just because my opponents don't really understand what my deck does. Yeah, the only thing that's hard that matchup is like like when they thought sees me, they always take the wrong thing. I'm just what? Why did you take that? <laughs> yeah, sometimes I'm sitting there with two mana, being like, all right, I'm gonna play my soaring thought thief, but maybe I'll see what you try to take. And then they like wait, wait you took my thought seize? Like yeah, what? Why would you Why'd take you that? that? It's just like the weirdest <laughs> thing. Good. What is in your hand? Do you have one good card in your hand and you really can't beat a thought seize? Yeah, like, just that that kind of stuff is so interesting. Um but uh ha- have you had bit, like being sorry. Has Crokesa been a difficult thing to deal with in this deck? I've I've run into it a couple times, but for the most part it just seemed like they're hey, I'm going to win now thing and it didn't always get there. Yeah. Kroxa is decent against rogues, but it's not that good, actually. It's, it's like, worse than you would expect it to be, I think. Um, just because by the time it's, like, set up to actually do its thing, sure, it weakens all your stuff, but when you're in that position, you don't tend to care that much. Like... I don't know. I've maybe I've just been lucky, but I've always found it a bit too clunky to really punish me. Mm-hmm. Like I think the thing about Ox of Agonis was it cost two, right? Uh, so when you mill it, it's like damn, this gets rid of a it's... lot of cards and only costs two mana. Yeah. The fact that Croaks costs four always makes it like you can always tag it with uh, cling to dust, or you can like counter it and just re remill them. It feels like you always find an answer before the Croaks are really wrecks you. But there are some games where if you don't find that answer, like, yeah, you're going to lose. Yeah, yeah, you're going to lose. Um, no, and you're right. Like, the um, the Ox was better because it would, like, draw them cards. And Croaks are just... Oh, the Ox was, like, so good. Yeah. That's and and uh, people, If Rogues becomes good again, people will start putting Ox back in the... Yeah. I think, personally, like, I didn't like Ox, but the Phoenix was the one that I think I died to more often. Where it's just, like, this oh, yeah. fucking Phoenix stupid flyer... Awesome. Because it always yeah. pumps you, because it has, like, fire breathing, so it pumps you into oblivion. You're like, ah, fuck. Yeah. I mean, that was just a really good card. Yeah. <laughs> Phoenix. Hey, if if this deck had... It's the classic thing of, like, if we have a good matchup against the best deck, which is Green Karn, then... I think we do. I think we're pretty... I'm pretty confident in that. Like, if this deck got more popular, I think Green Karn could adjust mm-hmm. to improve the matchup like it's not like we blow them out of the water it's probably like 55 percent in our favor kind of thing mm-hmm. but i'm pretty confident we have a good matchup there. but like i haven't so a lot of times when i'll play a deck and i'm like oh this is terrible and i put it down it's because it can't beat the decks i play against the most often and it's 
I'm always, at least on the latter, because I haven't been playing the events, I'm always playing against Green Karn and Rakdos midrange. And those are like the two decks I'm going to play. And I feel like I have a fighting chance in both of them. So I'm like... Definitely. Those are like my highest win rate matchups, actually. (laughs) But like I said, I think the Rakdos one is more about... People fucking just up. opponents making mistakes than, than it being a super good matchup. Yeah. And also, like, you know, if you can routinely Juari Disruption their uh, um, Fable of the Mirror Breaker, you're like, yeah, this yeah. is... I'm fine. Oh, so that, that does remind me some... There are some variants. Like, there's a lot you can do with rogues. We're obviously talking just blue-black rogues with no crab. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you could put in more of a mill aspect, right, and do the, the rune grab thing. The other thing you could do if you wanted to stick blue-black is, like, you can do this weird rogues ninja blend that relies on the, the like, ninja turtle rat mm-hmm. uh, guy. Silver for I master or something. Yeah, I haven't even tried that because I tried it in, like, standard and it was really bad. But uh, that's something you could try. And that the, the big draw for that is that you get the, the one-drop ninja that's a huge upgrade on wind robber because the biggest week one of the biggest weaknesses of this deck is that you need more than one one drop we were talking about this off air a little bit thieves guild enforcer is not enough you need you need another one drop but there are no other good one drop rogues the next best thing is uh merfolk wind robber which is okay at best Mm -hmm. and is really not like explorer power but like i'm still playing three of them because i just you need to get more rogues in the deck and you want them to be cheap yeah and it every once in a while mills the last card you needed and so it feels okay or block and then you like trade it in for a card later yeah and you're like okay but you never feel attacks for the soaring thought thief it triggers it yeah it, it never feels super good you have to play it at sorcery speed it just like it doesn't do anything yeah. when it comes down. It's just like, oof, I just don't love this card. But, and for whatever reason, every time you think you can block sack and, and draw a card, like somehow a card got out of their graveyard and you're like, wait, what? Yeah, he's like, wait, what? Oh, no, I'm just, it's just jump block. Yeah, and then you just jump block and you just, and then you want to, well, that's when you've had a couple beers and you're mad and then you're like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, um what I do like about your list specifically, and I don't know if you did this on purpose, but I'm assuming you did, is that um, there are three Merfolk Wind Robbers. But however, in the sideboard, there are also three Spell Pierces. So one of my favorite things is <laughs> immediately yep. take out the Wind Robbers, Swap. put in the Spell Pierces. <laughs> there we go. That is going to be my sideboarding. Yeah. On the drive, I often, really often do that. Mm-hmm. Unless the other deck's like, if it's Angels or humans like obviously i'm not signing in spell pierce but yeah um a lot of decks play a lot of things that just get wrecked by spell pierce and i love make i yes i love making that swap mm. as well that's so good the other thing you can do with this deck is consider splashes there are two splashes that i've considered one is green and the big thing to do there is get a like energy sub theme so you can put in rogue refiner um, you can put in energy bob after the glint sleeve siphoner yeah that's right i want to say and if you want the uh the like thing that fetches a basic item gets you two energy 
I think it's a really cool idea. The problem with it is it's a lot of sorcery speed stuff. And so mm-hmm. you're like all of those cards I just mentioned are sorcery speed. And Moonsleeve Siphoner is really the only payoff. Like you have Ether Hub as well, which is decent, but like I said, the mana's not that bad in this deck. Mm-hmm. So you don't really need Ether Hub. And so if you had one more reason to to use energy, one more good way to use energy, I think that would be a really viable option. But because the only real way to use energy is the Glint Sleeve Siphoner, and it just ends up dying, like, I wasn't super impressed with this build of the deck. But, hey, maybe, like, you guys can explore it and figure out the right way to build it. The other thing, and this sounds a little crazy, but it actually, like, went pretty, went over fairly well, was to splash red uh, for um, Kiki Jiggy. Fable of the Mirror Breaker. <laughs> you just have Fable of the Mirror Breaker in your deck. It's just a really good card. And Rogues loves to have all that extra mana from the treasures. Mm-hmm. And like, there's a lot of really high quality stuff to copy if you ever flip the Kiki Jiggy. That's true. It's just like a really good card. And like, Rogues loves looting as well. I think I ended up deciding that I, you know, like I said, I don't like decks with bad mana and the mana does get does get worse when you do that but it was like shockingly good yeah just because that card is so good i guess do you swap and you out can throw some other stuff in your sideboard and you can like yeah you can put some like lightning bolt style stuff which gives you a bit of reach if you mm-hmm. wanted um but mostly just fable uh, and i was calling that deck rouges because uh <laughs> Yeah, similar to rogues. That's funny. Course. That's funny. I like it. Rouges. Yeah, it is, I, I feel so. What cards did you take out the um, like Kaito and Liliana, and you put in the Fable of the Mirror Rigger instead? Just literally clean. Pretty mu- pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I left like a Kaito in there, um, and then I took out. Uh, what, what did I take out? I th- oh I, yeah, I took out the make disappears from the list I sent you because I, I I don't like the make disappears. So it was like minus one Kaito, minus one Liliana, minus two make disappear. Gotcha. And then obviously you rejig the mana. Yeah, of course. And you're playing Xander's Lounge and all of the things. But it's so annoying when you have Xander's Lounge and the Guild Enforcer, and you're just like yeah, and you're like oh, I can't play it on turn one. <laughs> <laughs> that is annoying. Um, but the deck is also different. I love the idea of copying, copying Thieves Guild Enforcers or Soaring Thought Thieves. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's really good. That sounds very good. Um, yeah, there's a lot of. Uh, oh, wait, I just copied Soaring Thought Thief. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's, like that's a, a lord. Boatload of damage. Sick. And even though I haven't, like, they have, like, almost no cards in their graveyard, copying Soaring Thought Thief gets you there. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, You're like, sick. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Oh, you have four cards in your graveyard? I attack, and now you have eight, and then I win. That's awesome. Yep. Anyway, if you haven't realized, we love rogues, and there's a lot of cool things you can do with rogues, so... I think the other big takeaway is, like, Explorer's a pretty fun format. It's cool. There's a lot of different, diverse decks. Like, Mono Green is the best deck, but then what else did we talk about? Like, Angels, we talked about Mono White Humans, so two tribal aggro decks, one, like, ramp deck. Yeah. Talk about mid-range, Rakdos mid-range, control. and then Azorius control and a control deck. These are and these are all like, I think like I said, I think Green Karn's the best. So yeah, Green Karn's like tier zero, and everything everything else I list is probably tier one. So I don't know. It's, I think overall, like, how good have you felt like Rogues is? Would you say Rogues is tier one? 
Um, or so, like, do you just feel kind of out, overpowered by some of the other decks sometimes? Sometimes I feel a little bit overpowered. Like, man, I just really can't get there. Um, but for the most part, it, I do feel like I have a fighting chance. And I 100% agree that like, it does feel like, man, I, if I just did this different, yeah. I'm sure I could have got there. But I, just, I feel like Arna Hushinbet would have won this. Yeah, movie. it's like <laughs> so. I would love to see if Arna has a list that he is playing an explorer. Maybe mm-hmm. we should send this to him and be like, "Hey, what do you think?" Um, but please play rugs. Please play rugs. I think it's probably solidly tier two. It's like exactly what you're saying. You always have a shot, mm-hmm. but the deck doesn't just like win games for you. Mm-hmm. All of these tier one decks, the like especially mono green, it just wins. You just go boom, boom, boom. You boom. just have draws where you're like. You lose. Easy. Yeah, that, that's it. <laughs> that's, yeah. um, even with the Karn board being like, oh, I have to pick the right Karn card. Yeah, right. still, it's like, yeah. And what did somebody sideboard against me? Oh yeah, they Karned for Tormod's crypt and nuked their own graveyard, and I was like, that's not even that good. Like, yeah, I just now I kill your Karn and I just play more rogues and mill. And then and then I just need <laughs> Is eight. That really, the best you could. I feel like you must have had something better than that. <laughs> probably almost everything is better than that um yeah, that was like the worst pick that's <laughs> you that's not what you want oh you don't yeah that's that's bad and, and like i'm laughing but like probably the player has no real experience with rogues they see that there's a like, mill thing rogues, yeah they, they read the card that, oh, you're yeah. milling me like yeah so this is gonna be pretty good it's just like it's so easy for me to reset that and like I only had mild bonuses coming from your graveyard. Yeah. It's like not that big a deal. Um, probably should have got something that like protects your card. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think the deck's a lot of fun. It's tier two probably. I think if we got one more like really good one drop rogue, like another Thieves Guild Enforcer, then it might be in the conversation of like a really strong deck. Um, but sometimes, like you're saying, sometimes the other deck just has better cards mm-hmm. like on an individual card for card basis. And you're like, yeah, this, this is an uphill battle. Like, yeah. It, every card you play is just <clears> so like, it's like high two power. or three cards and minor one for one removal or I, I, I play my right. one. And I, I didn't find <clears> it into the story. So exactly. We'll see. We have a uh, throne of Eldraine coming up next uh, fall. <clears throat> so either we'll get, mm-hmm. there's a possibility we'll get some more cards that are payoffs if they make blue black the same kind of strategy do the same thing yeah or you know there are a couple rogues in that set so maybe they'll they'll give us a rogue it'd be really cool but fun to have that in our back pocket always looking for that one drop that we love uh because i because you know i've hated burfolk wind robber in the deck since the first time we played the standard version yeah i've I've always hated it it's always (laughs) but it's like a necessary evil it's horrible always had to play because every once in a while, like, it's just like, well, thank God I had a rogue that cost blue. And that's it. Like, that's all. It could have been any yeah. rogue that cost blue. What's it's good. the only thing it brings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At least it's flying and it can block. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, that's been a lot of fun. This episode has been great. Yes. Let's go to last call. Let's do it. <sighs> well, it's episode 100. We have rated so many beers i want to say that we've so we've rated 200 beers but that's not true it's probably 199 because uh right you know <laughs> from different things but it's time to rate this beer 
And as always, we're going to run through our rating system, if you haven't heard it before. And we like to rate beers on the tiers in Arena because it's fun. It has nothing to do with what tier you are in currently. As I said earlier, I've been in bronze recently, so... You know, oh yeah, it is double it bronze is. over here. So. Uh, but with that being said, bronze beers are trash. They're horrible. You have to pour them out. Uh, they, there's no salvaging them. Yeah, silver beers are just kind of boring. Their macro brews tend to fall into this category, or micro brews that just don't have a lot going on. Gold beers are fine, but you don't really think about them very often, and they're just gonna kind of fade away. But you know, yeah, it's a beer. Platinum, these are solid. Uh, you drink these again, you like it, it's good. Diamond beers are exceptional. These are ones that you think about a lot. They're the ones that uh, you bring to parties, you show to friends, uh, and you're like, you show off a little bit. You like them. Yeah. And Mythic, these are the best of the best. You would, uh, like, these are the beers that you go out of your way to acquire. Um, you talk to anyone who will listen about them. These are just the top notch, the, the very best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With that being said, Jeff, we have a beer to rate. Just one yeah. this evening. Thieves Guild Imperamil Stout. Imperamil Stout, yeah. <laughs> um, I liked it. It turned out better than I thought it was going to with all of the like <laughs> sketches that happened yeah. during the, the brewing process. Um, like I was worried I ruined it with the cold ferment that it's going to have some off flavors in it, but I didn't really detect any of that. Uh, it has kind of the chocolatey notes that we were looking for, but not super, like not, not crazy on, on that kind of stuff. It still tastes like beer. Mm -hmm. It still tastes like a, a stout. Um, it maybe could be carbonated a little more. That's cause I, I didn't want to carbonate it. I put it at 20 PSI for a day. And normally for like an ale, I would put it at 30 PSI probably mm -hmm. for two days. Because um, I wanted it to be less carbonated than like an ale. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, for but sure. I might have undershot it a little bit. Um, but it tastes good. I think it tastes very good. Mine are almost yeah. not. It feels. It's, <laughs> they're, they're almost not carbonated at all. But. Right with the Feel kind of bad about that eh, uh whatever um uh, but yeah it's also i have the growlers i have are screw top ones so uh i'm sure that that had something to do with it because they were not as tight as they could have possibly been which i was the one that tightened yeah. them but anyway it's not a great seal but delicious i think all the flavors were there all the um the off flavors that i taste in all of my beers were not present um, the, yeah. my, my classic green apple taste that I'm like, what the fuck is this? It's gotta be yeah. when Why you pitch the yeast. Like yeah, it's terrible. Um, yeah. so this was very exciting. And usually my thing right now is like, I, my dad, he makes ribs. It's like a thing he likes doing. Um, and he makes very good pork ribs. And mm -hmm. one of the things he needs for his, he does a wet rub 
Wet rub? That's the word, right? Yeah, that just sounds Ooh. gross. But like it's rub. Yeah. It sounds like a Can we call it like a marinade? Marinade, there you go. I was because there's like a dry rub, right? So like is it also called a wet rub? I, I hate that. I hate it. I just like it was in my brain. I thought that's what it was called. Maybe it's not. Anyway, yeah. he marinates it. <laughs> With, but he always has like a big beefy stout is part of the recipe. Nice. And so I've always wanted to be able to give him a stout that I've made for the ribs. And this feels like a worthy candidate that it was like, there you I go. could yeah. give this and be like, this will help make good ribs and also taste great. Cause usually he uses half of it and then I get to drink the rest. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. It's awesome. It's good. It's really good. Yeah. We should make it again. I'm, it's, I'm not sure where to rate it. Like we didn't. It, it's always hard when you made it, right? Because it's like, are we rating against? What are we rating against? Like, is it expectation? Um, and it's not perfect. We made some mistakes. Uh, that uh, it, it, you know, we didn't hit our target on ABV for sure. I, I don't know what the ABV is, but it's not ten. It's probably like eight. It seven, feels kind eight. of like eight and a half, yeah. nine. When I was getting my second yeah, one, I was like, like I'm actually, this, I'm getting buzzed. I was but. like, this feels like <laughs> nine, but it, it definitely isn't. Uh, it's not 10 for sure, but I could see eight. I'm going to say eight and a half. That's my guess. Yeah. I mean, we'll never know the answer, but that, that seems <laughs> like a true. reasonable guess based on just having two of these. Yeah. And like, you know, we've done this enough times to know that's true. what it feels like when it's a 5% beer. I can tell you it's not that. Yeah, it's definitely not 5 um, But it, it tastes really good. It has, like you said, it doesn't really have off flavors. Mm-hmm. Um, it sort of was what we wanted to make. So, you know, I think I'm going to give us a diamond on this one. Yeah. Fuck it. Like, we did, we did a good job. I think we did a great good. job. Um, ad hoc. <laughs> I'm also going to give us a diamond. I wanted it to be mythic, obviously. But yeah. um, I think if we just uh, the thing is I think the recipe was awesome and I think that we just need to we could it, it's a recipe that I want to keep that's the thing you know when you like cooking meals yeah exactly and uh, Catherine and I do this thing uh, my fiance we she'll find recipes and we'll make them and it, and she usually looks over and says like is this one that we keep kind of like do we are we gonna do this one mm-hmm. again. Um, to put in the binder with all the other recipes we like or what are the things I need to write notes on about like, oh, next time do this, whatever, or throw this away. And a lot of the time I'm like, oh yeah, sure. Like we could do what, yeah, yeah, it's fine. But every once in a while it's like, does it make the binder? Yeah. Like (laughs) does it make the, and recently we had a meal that like made the binder and I was like, oh no, 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 keep, (laughs) keep this one, keep this one. Um, as like, this is when we make this casserole or we make these meatballs, it's going to be this, this recipe. Um, right when when we do this, yeah, and this one feels like when we make imperial stout or we try to do this, this recipe feels good. I don't think we need to change Agreed. anything yeah. for that. It's only tweaking execution. Um, yeah, exactly. And Just do it again and learn from it. You know, maybe don't maim myself this time. Yeah, well, that yeah, for sure that part. <laughs> but also, like, we know how to use the gas lighter thing now, and like, yeah, <laughs> all of those things That's right. that were like new, and like remembering the thing about the mash uh, and all that stuff that we could have been like, yes, right. Also, maybe ah, does that need to be hotter out? No, we should probably just do this next weekend. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Julia would be so stoked. Oh, you guys are making more stout for the carpet. 
She should. She gets a brand new rug in for the downstairs. <laughs> Whoops. Well, you know what you need to do. Take that rug if you didn't throw it out yet, and dip it in more stout, and then now it's just dark. It's just a black rug. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I want to waste this delicious stout on the rug though. Yeah, probably not. Anyway, Jeff, we are coming in to closing time. Closing out the hundredth episode. Closing out. Unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. It's been over two years we've been working on this podcast and sharing it with you all. So I, uh, if you've made it this far, um, thanks for sticking with us. And uh, tell us what you think at Arena Regulars on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, you may find us on MTG Arena itself. We mentioned this earlier. We have a, an account called Arena Regulars Podcast. I might fire that up again because... Uh, I might have an explorer deck in that account. <laughs> yeah, just about. We just there's a couple rares we need to buy, but for the most part, they should be there. If you want to talk to me personally, you can find me at Zulberg. That's Z-E-U-L-B-E-R-G on Twitter and Instagram. But Jeff, where can they find you? Best place is on our Discord channel. I'm regular Jeff in the Discord channel, and you should be able to find the link to that in the show notes. Also, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes, follow us on Spotify, and leave us a review there. Go to YouTube, like a video that's just a picture of our logo and, uh, you know, our... Our audio. One day we may figure out how to do a video podcast, but it's not going to be today. This has been the Arena Regulars. Reminding you that we made a hundred episodes. Good night. All right, that's fine.